0: Listening to Hockey Night in New York, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large. Here's your hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stubby.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, October 27, 2019. Coming at you recorded from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Got a big show coming up for you tonight. Mr. Mike Carver of the Isle Seed Podcast will be joining us. Going to talk about a seven-game winning streak Lots to talk about, my name is Sean Cuthbert, unfortunately not with me tonight is Mr. Tony Stabile, unfortunately due to scheduling conflicts, so you just got myself, but Mikey Carver's going to join me in a little bit, he's going to help me through the show, we're going to talk about all positive stuff stuff here with the New York Islanders, so thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get involved with that. So let's start right off the bat here, ladies and gentlemen. If you paid attention to what happened tonight, the New York Islanders hosted the Philadelphia Flyers. And they rattled off another win, folks. Five to three. This team is just steamrolling through the league right now. They are the hottest team in the league. It's, it's great to say it. Be proud, be happy, good stuff going on. Forget about this regressing to the mean garbage that everybody heard over the summer. Everybody just waiting for this team to, you know, not be able to replicate what they did last season. So far, so good, and it is still early, it is still 11 games, but I see no reason to believe why this team can't just keep going the way they're going. And there's so many reasons why. You talk about the defense, you know, finally getting back to looking like what they were last year. You have the goaltending picking up where they left off. I mean, maybe Varlamov needed a game or two to get, get his groove here with the new coaching system, with the new defensive system, and he's looked great. He put up another win tonight. So, so many good things to talk about here, folks. I really appreciate you joining us here on Hockey Night New York. So, before we get Mikey on, he'll probably join us in the next few minutes. But, um, you know, let's just talk about what happened this week. You have a, a long layoff after the last week, and they finally get back into some games on Thursday. They have back-to-backs. They they host Arizona on Thursday. They go into Ottawa Friday, and, of course, they host Philadelphia tonight. So let's talk about those games a little bit, and then we'll get Mikey on. Uh, you have, uh, you know, look everybody was kind of curious where this team was going to go, right, with with Varlamov coming in, and, and you know, are they going to be able to pick up where they left off? And, and I, I have to say, folks, here in the Country, I think we're starting to get a little spoiled. Now, granted, it doesn't mean it's bad, it doesn't mean it's negative, but I don't think anybody really predicted a seven-game winning streak the first 11 games into the season, especially after the way they started. One and three. And I know that there's some of you listening out there right now that were ready to start saying, Lou's got to do something. Why hasn't he done anything already? We saw what was going to happen. Everybody talking about the advanced stats. We saw this. Why didn't they address the issues? They're one and three. They're going to have a hard time scoring. And then enter... You know, just a couple of weeks later, a few games later, seven games later to be exact, seven wins later to be exact, and now all of a sudden everybody's feeling good. You are. I am. It doesn't matter how it happens, as long as it happens. And you know what, though? I would say tonight was one of their better games. And the good thing is, is that it seems like we're starting to say that more and more as each game goes by. They look better and better. And even though the first period was maybe more of a goal fest than anybody would have liked as far as, you know, structure and, and, you know, control of a game. I mean, obviously, it's entertaining. Everybody had a lot of fun in that first period. But you know maybe it started out a little too crazy. But bottom line is this is another game where the Islanders they go down early, but they settle things down. And I got to tell you the offense tonight was just unbelievable. We saw it in spades. And you know they 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 don't they don't get nervous. They don't get rattled when they go down a goal. I mean they they've they've gone down more than they than they haven't so far in this early going in the season here, where it looks like they surrender that first goal and then they. They, they battle back and they get back to islander hockey and and then they end up winning hockey games so you know you'd like to start out of the gate hot but it didn't happen again tonight but it didn't matter because they woke up as, as soon as as soon as Philadelphia went up with that one nothing goal they they battled back and they got into their game and and they ended up taking it over so you know just real quick here you know after this 7 game winning streak the first time i believe since the 89 90 season if i'm correct i believe i read that i stole that off of the the nyi skinny from eric hornick uh, it 's been a long, long time, and and that 's another thing another positive thing to take from this team. You know You look at what everything that they did last year and and how many times was it brought up you know one for one reason or another. Hey, this is the first time in a long time the Islanders have done this. This is the first time in a long time the islanders have done that, and here we are again, the first time in literally decades the Islanders have rattled off a seven game winning streak and you know, you look at Barry Trotz, you look at what this team is doing and and it's just it's great to see. They're, they're continuing. They're, they are once again, to take a, a quote from, from the Islander players themselves and, and something that took off with the fans as well, they are proving people wrong once again, and they're towards the top of the league. They're now 8-3-0 with 16 points. They leapfrogged the Canes uh, for second in the Metro. They're three points behind the Capitals for first in the Metro with two games in hand. They are currently sixth overall in the league, and I am sure... If my boy Tony Stabil was here right now, and I asked him how does it feel to be Tony Stabile, he'd be feeling damn good right now. And I know I didn't get a chance to ask him at the start of the show, because he's not here, how are you? So fans, I'm going to ask you, how are you feeling after this seven-game winning streak? Because I know I am feeling damn, damn good good. So a lot of great things to start here. I think now's as good a time as anywhere. You know, we're going to break. We're going to bring in Mike Carver and we're going to talk about all the good things going on right now and we'll continue the show. So folks, thank you so much for tuning into Hockey Night in New York. Really appreciate it. Remember, you can tune in live most times or for the archive at HockeyNightNY.com. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York and HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stapil. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com you can also find us on itunes google Podcasts, soundcloud spotify and stitcher where you can subscribe and never miss a show no matter what your preferred platform question for the guys comments interested in the sponsorship please contact us at hockey york at gmail.com for any and all inquiries we appreciate all the support and as always let's go islanders Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit yesmenoutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting yesmenoutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HockeyNightNY for 10% off your order. That's yesmenoutfitters.com. Welcome back to the program,
1: ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and most of the time, Tony Stabile. But you just got me tonight. But joining us right now from the ILC Podcast is none other than Mr. Michael Carver. Mikey, how are we doing tonight, buddy? Good, Sean. How's it
2: going,
1: pal? It's going pretty well. Appreciate you joining me tonight on this podcast. Uh, a little bit of a, of an imp, impromptu edition of Hockey Night in New York. So thank you joining me. I mean, Unfortunately Tony, Tony couldn't I make it. So uh I mean, honestly, everybody stuck with seven me. In a row. But it he is with but it is what it is. So let's talk about Tony. a little seven games in a row. Yeah, I know Tony he look, he had some some prior life commitments. He couldn't make it happen. Obviously we wanted to, but it just wasn't there. So you're stuck with me, pal, but let's talk about it. Seven games in a row, they just beat the pants off of the Philadelphia Flyers at the Coliseum. We were both there. Talk to me about that, and then we'll get going from there.
2: Yeah, listen, that that's a great win tonight. And, and you know, I thought that the two goals that the Flyers scored in the first period was very uncharacteristic of the Isles. You had a bad turnover on the first one. You had a poor attempt at clearing out of the zone on the second. And, uh, you know, a 3-2 game after one, that's not the type of game that you're used to seeing from the New York Islanders. You're used to seeing a much tighter game. And we know this. I mean, they scored three in the first period. They now, when they score three in a game, just like last year, it's such it's such money in the bank because they're now 7-0 and when they scored three goals uh, in a game this year. And they got the three very early tonight. They then blitzed them in the second period. And that was it. You know, when you... When the Islanders have a three-goal lead, even a two-goal lead, three-goal lead, with the type of game that they play and the type of structure that they have, uh, the other team doesn't have much of a chance.
1: No, absolutely not, and especially for a team that you know isn't really known for their scoring here. But I mean, you know, they look like a team who's been doing it for a long time tonight, and I don't know if this is a sign of things to come, but. It's certainly a positive thing to see, especially when there's a there's a, a particular name on that score sheet that, have sh- that has shown up once again, and that's number 13, Matt Barzell. I think going into this season, a lot of people wanted to see this guy shooting more to begin with, and that's something that Barry Trotz himself was even preaching, and it looks like he's listening, and he's firing more pucks on net, and he's getting rewarded for it, and he got his fifth one tonight. So talk a little bit about Barzell and, and, and how much his – his offense so far has meant for this team.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I think that we all knew when they brought the same team back from last year that somebody or a couple of people were going to have to step it up a little bit more, and Maddie's one of those guys. And you, we've heard a couple of stories now where Barry talked to him a lot in the offseason, he needs to shoot the puck more, and he's doing it. And it's no surprise that during this seven-game winning streak, Who's the guy driving the bus? Uh, I mean, it's Matt Barzell, and he he seems like he's on the score sheet every game. It seems like he's scoring goals in every game, and they're big goals, and they're, they're, you know, it's really great to see because everybody wondered where that offensive production would come from. So, Matty, of course, the numbers were down a little bit last year. Everybody was learning the system, and now you've come back this year, everybody a little bit more comfortable. You do have Eberle out right now, a couple of other guys, but... Maddie is carrying the team offensively during this streak. Now tonight, Shawnee, you did have contributions up and down the lineup. I mean, when you no have doubt. games where Ross Johnston's, when you have games where Ross Johnston scores, when you get goals from the defense from Ryan Fullock, you start getting things like that. Uh, the honors are going to be a very hard team to beat.
1: Oh, without question. And and let's jump around a little bit. You, you mentioned Ross Johnston and. You know, he was pretty much a, a suit in the press box last season. He got into a few games, but I mean, he's more or less been a, a locker room presence, whatever that's been, you know, behind the scenes that we don't see. And, you know, this season he's gotten in a little bit early here. Obviously, he's gotten an opportunity because now that Matt Martin's out for four to six weeks. But, I mean, you know, he, even the few games that he's gotten in previous to this season, it seems like he's made himself noticeable in the games that he's getting in. Now here he is. He's a younger guy, maybe a guy who, and I don't want to look too far ahead here, but maybe this is a guy who can maybe take the mantle from a guy like Matt Martin. He's got the size. He's got the toughness. Obviously, the guy can throw bombs when he needs to fight. And here he is chipping in on the score sheet, and he was one assist away from a Gordie Howe hat trick tonight. So let's talk about this guy and and what he might be able to do while Martin's out for the next month, month and a half.
2: Yeah, and he's gonna be a big part of this because if, if Matty's gonna be out for four to six weeks, you know, that's gonna provide a lot of opportunities for Ross. And and you're right, there's a lot of similarities uh between when Matt Martin first came into the league and what Ross is doing right now, because when Matty first came in the league, um, he probably had the same labels that Ross Johnson has right now. You know, you don't want him out there too often. He doesn't really bring any offensive game, he's an enforcer. Uh, You know, it seems like he has a little bit of offensive skill, but, you know, not somebody that you want to rely on for heavy minutes. And Ross is going to get an opportunity here with all the injuries. And I thought, Shawnee, that he would kind of slide into the Martin spot and play with Cal and Zeeker, but that did not happen tonight. And uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. But it seems like in the limited opportunities that he's had, he does occasionally give you a, a show at least a little bit of some presence in the offensive side of the ice, which is not something that he's known for. Now I've said this a couple of times on my show at the beginning of the season here, if Ross Johnson's going to be playing significant games for the New York Islanders this year, I, I feel like that's going to be a problem. But you know, if you're going to get a night like tonight where he gives you something on the score sheet he gives you some energy with a fight. He gives you some things. If he's given that every night, I think that that's great. My problem is I feel like when you get into the larger sample size, when you get into him playing, you know, five, ten games in a row, something like that, he could become a little bit of a liability. But we're going to see what happens because he is going to get an opportunity now with Maddie out uh, to show that he can do more. And if he can do more of what he did tonight, i are going to be just fine while Matty's out.
1: Yeah, no question about it, and I think you know this is a, as good a time as any to key in on this this injury situation and you know the depth that that this team has. Now, clearly, the depth isn't top heavy; it's not up towards the top when you consider top six forwards and and and, and whatnot. But when you talk about the middle of the forward lineup, the bottom of the forward lineup, you know you you rattle off names like Johnston and Kounakle, and if you go a little deeper than that, you have guys like Fritz and whatnot. And you have these injuries now. We already talked about Martin being out four to six weeks. Also, Thomas Kunachl now goes out four to six weeks. And now maybe he's not a guy who anybody really had penciled into the regular lineup day in, day out. But you have this trickle-down effect, right, when Everly goes out and and then a couple more guys go, go out and everybody kind of has to filter up through the lineup. So, you know, maybe and, – and Barry Trotz also pointed this out going into tonight as well – where now you have an opportunity for guys, you know, not only like Johnson, but Michael Dal Cole, who, who I think everybody watching is still kind of trying to figure out, you know, what he's going to be for this team in the long term. We've seen flashes here of playing decent defensive hockey. We've we've seen a, a couple of points now in, in, in more recent history. And then you have, you know, guys like Bardreau who, you know, who even heard of that guy before he got called up. And I have to say he's acclimated himself pretty well here, you know, in the early going. So Right, exactly. I mean, to be fair, who the hell thought he was going to be the call-up after these injuries started, right? You know, with is going out and whatnot. And here he is finding himself sticking around because now you have a couple guys going down again. So just I guess after that long-winded start to this question, you know, talk about the depth of this of this team and and how this is going to help them throughout a, a, an 82-game season.
2: Yeah, you know, they're not they're not heavy like you say in the maybe the offensive skilled category, you know, guys who can play a top six type of a role. You know, I, I think that with Everly going down right now, uh, you know, if they lost another guy in that top six, it would hurt them a lot more than losing a guy in the bottom. You know, losing a or losing a Martin, Leo's been, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Leo. I mean, Leo's got like a plague here. I, I mean, I'm not sure what's <laughs> happening I, I hope just an leo's illness all buddy right. i mean <laughs> I, I well listen I, you know just an illness uh the guy went to winnipeg and he's never been back you know i don't i don't it know is what, cold up there. what's happening here with leo so i don't know what he caught up there that that couple of, you know that day that the almas were up in the great white north but right. um i mean leo's been out here who's a bottom six guy so and then you get this guy Bardrow, comes in and listen, it you know he's he's been serviceable, and and they have some guys in the bottom six who are definitely um, are going to get them to where they need to go. It's not like they've needed to fill heavy offensive spots. You know me, I, I've already talked about this a billion times on my show. I love Oliver Wallstrom. I mean, I want him. I don't want him playing with Cole Barrow and Ross Johnson. I mean, let's let's be fair. I, I want I want Ollie to to get some more opportunities. Uh, in an offensive role because I think he brings so much to the table that the Yarmouths don't have. But at least the good part is, whether you know, even if it's in the situation he's in, he's on the team. He's going to be playing. The guy that Shawnee, that's been that's been key to me watching him tonight, was if Matt's going to be out a long time, instead of maybe Ross being the guy that slides in on that Zeker Cow line, if Dal Cole's going to be that guy, and and I think that we all. um are going to have to just start to accept that Michael Dow Cole is not going to be a high offensive player in the NHL. I mean, right. there's still some time. The sample size can still get a little bit larger, but I liked his game tonight playing with those guys, and and maybe that's a spot for him uh, over these next four to six weeks with Matty out that he can maybe find a nice little home because they've tried him in some top six spots. They've tried him in some bottom six. He definitely knows what he's doing uh, structure-wise and defensive-wise, and everybody expects a little more out of him, and, and I did too in the goal department. But maybe a role like that, playing with Zeke and Cal, uh, will bring a little bit out of Cole.
1: No, I, I agree with you, and, and I don't know if this is something that you happen to to be on board with yourself, but there's something that Tony and I have been saying now over the past few seasons when we talk about cases of Zizekas and Cal Clutterbuck is that we feel like on on most teams in this league, they're third line players. You know, like yes, they they've been fourth liners here on the Islanders now for you know pretty much since that line with Matt Martin has has been created. But, you know, with the with the type of game that Casey brings, the type of game that Cal brings, and even before he came to the Islanders, I mean he he's always been more of a top nine guy than a than a top twelve guy. So I feel like, you know, if you want to try to spin this into maybe, you know, uh, I, I don't know if it's a positive, but just, you know, another angle is that now that you have Michael Dalcall on the left wing as opposed to Matt Martin, whose role we know, you know, what his limitations are, what he's capable of, maybe this is actually more of a showing, of, of more of a true third line now when you have a guy like Ma- Michael Dalcole who who has some more skill to bring to the table on top of just maybe the defensive side or the hitting side that Martin brings. I don't know what you have to say about that.
2: Yeah, look, I, I think that those guys have always been kind of dubbed, you know, the fourth line and best fourth line. And, and, and I think that a lot of us who watch the team day in and day out know that they're not really a fourth line. You know, when you look around the NHL and you look at what some of the fourth lines are on a lot of these other teams, the what the Martin Sazikis and, and Clutterbuck line brings, they bring so much more than just being a fourth line. I mean, Barry starts games with them; they're playing big minutes in the third period. They're playing, most right. fourth lines around the league. Do they do not do that? So the, the, you know, they. I think that the whole thing about them being the fourth line is is uh, you know more for. Uh, publicity than it is, let's just say, uh, in actuality. You know, in actuality, that line is is more than a fourth line. They they do things that other fourth lines around this league just simply do not do. And now, you know, you have a younger guy in Dal Cole, uh, you know, more offensive skill, uh, you know, historically in the minors than somebody like Matt Martin, hasn't got quite shown it at the NHL level yet, you're right. There, there could be some area to be, uh, you know, a little bit more offense and be a third line because they're they're going to be that right now, especially if Cole Bardreau and uh, Roth and Oliver Wallstrom are going to be your your quote unquote fourth line because that's going to be the line that's going to play the least amount of minutes. The thing for right. me, Sean, that that that's going to hurt them possibly over the next four to six weeks is. You know, the one thing that those guys being the quote-unquote fourth line brings is it allows Barry to play all four lines throughout the entire game. It allows him to roll four lines all game long. It's one of the things that makes the Islanders one of the, you know, the team that they are. Well,
1: I think that might be... fresh. I think that might be something that we see change now, and we've kind of already gotten a hint with that. I mean, you look at these last few games where, what, you have seven, eight minutes for Bardreau and and Wallstrom, and I think, you know, ideally Barry Trotz does want to roll four lines, but I think now because of the setup, because Matt Martin being out, and because, I mean, look, you just look at Bardreau and and Wallstrom and that fourth line itself, like we might actually see – what a lot of other teams do now where they, where they, you know, rely a little more heavily on those top three lines and you, and you're going to see single digit minutes here, you know, for that fourth line center bar by Bardreau until maybe they get some health back, you know?
2: Oh, absolutely. That, that's, that's what's going to change this whole dynamic with all these guys being out. The Islanders quote unquote fourth line right now is going to be a true, you know, regular NHL style fourth line playing 10 minutes or less. Whereas, mm-hmm. Before the injuries, the Islanders were a team that all four lines played about an equal amount of time. And that's what's going to be the main thing with these injuries right now, is the top three lines are going to have to play a little bit more than they were playing before until that fourth line that's currently constituted, and we'll see what changes happen going forward. But the way it's set up right now, those guys are going to have to show Barry a little something gives them the uh, the confidence to be able to play them in big situations. So those, two, those guys that are in the top nine right now, they're going to be pressed with a little bit more minutes because Barry cannot roll the four lines like he usually does.
1: Right, no question. So let's talk about a couple of guys that are in that top nine that have uh, been performing this past week. I don't think we can... We can close out the month of October on the on the last the night of the last game in October for the New York Islanders without talking about Brock Nelson and you want to talk about Brock Tober. I don't I don't know because I don't have every October stat in front of me right now, but this might have been the best Brocktober yet. Because right now, Brock Nelson is leading the team <laughs> overall in the stat sheet. He's got Four goals, six assists for 10 points in 11 games in October. He's got a power play goal, two power play points, two game winners. Once again, Brocktober forever. Let's talk about this guy. He's a guy in the past who you weren't too high on. You finally you know, bought in, I think, last year when he, when he was able to go beyond October and have a full season putting up points, being that second-line center that Barry Trotz needed. So let's talk about this guy hopefully continuing where I left off, at least in, in October. Let's see if it uh, continues into bro, uh, Brovember.
2: Yeah, look, uh, he, he's he been a guy. Uh, you know, what changed for me last year, Sean, was it wasn't even just so much the points. You know, uh, what the thing that always killed me about Brock was he would put up these great Octobers, well, like he is again this year, and it's not even so much that the score sheet would be different. It would be that watching his game it just wouldn't be the same you know you you'd watch him play he'd disappear at times he wasn't there and coming in and playing with Barry you know playing in the Barry trot system he's such a huge cog in it and he's noticeable on the ice and he's grinding and he's he's involved in plays and and he's just that's what changed for me last year and i and that's why i, I i'm not you know i fully admit it there was for years and years i said this guy just He's never there when you need him after October. You know, he, from November to, to March, the guy just wasn't there. And, and he show back up in April, you know, for the last couple of games. It's just – but last year you felt the difference playing in the Barry system. Goes with, the you know, the new deal. And now he's coming this year playing good again. And I have confidence now that this is going to continue because of what I saw last year, knowing that he's comfortable in the system. Sometimes it just takes a coach to really unlock – a player's true potential, and I feel like the Barry's done that with Brock, and and he's a mainstay now. He's a guy that's going to be there for them in every tough situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's no doubt about that. And 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 you know, if anybody was skeptical about you know his performance last season being because he was in a contract year, it looks like that doesn't matter because of the way he's out of the gate. But you know what? Let's get into November and let's see if he can keep it going. But like you. Uh, I'm pretty confident that that stuff is going to continue. Now, there's another fellow who's new to the team, who you and I were talking about a little bit before the game started tonight, and that is the new addition, number ten, Derek Brassard. Very slow out of the gate with this team, and and granted, you know, anybody who comes into a, a new system like this, new teammates, they're going to need a little bit of the time to adjust sometimes, and it seems like Derek Brassard here is no exception. But now, all of a sudden, we look through this week. They had three games this week, and he's got a goal in each. So talk about Derek Brassard, what he's brought to the team so far, and what you think he can do going down the line now that it seems like, at least for now, while Everly's out, he's got a top-six role playing on the wing. So talk about him a little bit.
2: Yeah, they've moved him over to the wing starting, uh, whatever it was, uh, Thursday night against Arizona. and And these three games, he's obviously put in goals. He's been more active offensively. I didn't like his game through the first couple of weeks, just because it seemed like every time that I saw him, he was arguing about a penalty or, or a bad play was happening around him. He, he wasn't really contributing much through the first couple of weeks. He moves off the center, goes to the wing, and listen, um, this is the thing about Derek Broussard. I, I always have liked this guy's game, and sometimes, you know, you put him in a situation where He's playing with Barzell and playing with Lee. That takes a lot of pressure off of him. And and that's he's got skill. He's got talent. And if Broussard gets in that spot, like he's been in the past couple games, uh, he's going to make things happen. And he scored a couple goals here. Um, it's obviously not the role that they originally envisioned for him when they signed him in the offseason. They signed right. him to fill that third-line center role, take over for Val and, you know, things are happening the way they're happening right now. And Instead, he's up there playing wing. And if he's going to contribute and score goals, then, you know, you got to ride that wave while it's there. But he's a guy who's been in this league a long time. And he gets an opportunity to play with a guy like Barzell. He's going to take advantage of it.
1: No doubt about it. And, and Mike, I appreciate all the time you've given me so far. So the last one I want to leave you with, we're 11 games in. And I guess, you know, when you look at, the start of a season, maybe you give to the quarter mark. So, I mean, we're still a little early at 11 games, but it's hard to argue with a seven-game winning streak, especially after the way this team started. But, you know, I guess just give me what you've gotten from this team in the first 11 games. Is it something you you, you think they can maintain? And obviously I don't mean winning seven, seven out of every 11 games here, but just... Are they gonna be able to replicate what they did last year with the team as is? We have Varlamov obviously come in and replacing Lanor and it looks like so far the defense and the goaltending are kinda of holding up to where they were last year. And I guess with that question of mind also, do you would you still wanna see this team add something you know, to that top six to add to the scoring, even when taking in mind the fact that Barzell's shooting more and scoring more, and maybe there's some goals coming from other places. I mean, just give me a broad outlook of, of, of what you think the next 71 games might look like for this team.
2: Yeah, look, I, I, I've thought this before they won seven games, and i thought this before the season started. I think that right now they are, they are capable of doing exactly what they did last year. They are capable of finishing in the top 3, possibly the top 2, you know, uh, between 98 and 103 points In the metro. and winning a round. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or, and winning a round, you know, or maybe two, you know, depending on who they play. Carolina is a bad matchup for them. We know this, but <laughs> right. um if they want if they want to take that next step and they want to be regarded in the elite of this league and have a legitimate chance to win the Stanley Cup, uh, they, they need somebody else. Uh, they I think that their team—they have a really good team. They showed it last year. It's the same team. Uh, is this team a little bit better? We'll see. We, you know, we'll, we'll see as we keep going uh, if this team's a little bit better than the one last year. But I think that they can achieve the same things that the team last year achieved. But in order to take that next step and to break through that next, um, you know, ceiling and get to another area, I think they're going to need somebody who can consistently. Uh, put the puck in the net. Be a top three, top six type of goal scorer. That, that's somebody that this team still needs in order to get to that next level. They're a playoff team. They're a top three team. They're a team that can get the same points they had last year as they're currently constitute. They're showing you it over the last seven games. Um, but the, but in order to take that next step and be with the elite of this league, they need somebody else.
1: Mike, I agree with you 100% there. I'm right there with you. I think they're going to be able to replicate what they did last year. And, you know, if they do want to get over that hump, maybe they do still need to bring in a top six forward. But regardless of that, Mike, really appreciate you helping me out tonight. Uh, Awesome stuff as always. And uh, look forward to having you on down the road.
2: All right, Shawnee. Good to talk to you, pal. I missed Tony tonight. Can't believe he couldn't make it. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, pal?
1: (laughs) All right, buddy. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, man. Take it easy. All right folks, that was Mr. Mike Carver, the legend from the Isle Seat podcast. As you already knew, no al- always always great stuff from him. So we appreciate that. So here we are folks, the tr- the train rolls on, seven game winning streak. Let's talk a little bit about more what uh you know, what's going on in Ireland the country here. We touched a little bit on the injuries and and I, I want to keep it there for a little bit just expand on what Mikey and I talked about as far as the injuries go i'm sure you're all keeping up on it but jordan abeli is skating on his own right now and um you know it's uh it, it, we don't know exactly when he's coming back you know they said that he's going to be game to game but but hopefully he gets back into the lineup sooner than later that remind, remains to be seen but Again, the good news is, and as Mikey and I talked about, there is depth on this team. You have Barzell who's shooting the puck. He's putting goals in. I mean, look, they put up a five spot tonight. The fact that they're putting up four or five goals a game, which is everything that they did this week. You talk about two 4-2 wins and a 5-3 to win today. They're scoring without one of their top six guys who's, who's expected to be one of the leading goal scorers on this team, in Jordan Eberle, even though he had obviously had a quieter season last year. So... It looks like they're gonna be able to to hold hold things up by committee, and that that's very promising. And 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 I know it was so easy it was so easy for people to doubt what this team might have been able to do this season because they really didn't bring any help other than filling Filipula's spot and swapping out Lena for Varlamov. But hopefully, as this continues, as as the wins you know, continue to happen above, you know, above the losses here where maybe, you know, those skeptical fans, you guys that are out there that, you know, can put a little more faith and a little more trust into guys like Barry Trotz and Lou Lemarillo and, and you know, maybe things are a little better than everybody thought. And that's, again, that's not to say, as as Mikey said and as I said and as, as Tony has said on the show too, we, we would still like to see uh, another weapon added to that top six. I do think that will come in time. I would like to think that should this this trek continue for this team and they're and they're heading towards another, you know, uh, upper half playoff spot where they're looking at home ice and looking at a real shot at making a cup run. Yeah, I would like to think that Lou Lamarillo will do all that he can to add to the top six before the trade deadline. To not only give them a better chance to win, but reward these guys for what they're doing. They're listening to Barry Trotz. They're putting the hard work. And you, I mean, you look up and down this lineup, and and granted, everybody's, you know you know, moving along at different levels here. But you guys got you got guys like Bavillier who's busting his ass. You have Brock Nelson who Mike just said he's he's had a great first month of this season. And, you know, Angel Lee now starting to put the puck in the net. He had a goal and assist tonight. And Pullock got on the board in the game tonight against Philly with a cannon. You know, we'll talk a little bit more about the games in a second. But it seems like this team as a whole Despite who may not be, you know, lifting things up on a nightly basis, as a team, the sum of its parts, they're moving things along like they were last year, and that's very promising. I know everybody was nervous. Everybody looked at the advanced stats, and everybody was listening to the... To the quote unquote experts and and what they had to say about this team, I, I think the more this goes along, the more you have to trust this process and enjoy it. I mean, tonight was awesome. I was in the building and the fans were going nuts. Yeah, you put up five goals and that's easy, but look, it's a seventh win in a row and it didn't take too long. You know, after four games for I think a lot of us to start feeling those good vibes that we that we were feeling last season when they really started to turn it on in December. They're now doing it in October. Now, will they have their bumps and bruises along the way? Most likely it's going to happen. It's an 82-game season, but they're already ahead of the curve that they were last year. So let's see if they can keep it going, especially through this injury adversity, adversity when we talk about Eberle and Martin and... And obviously, to a lesser extent, Kunakal. And and thankfully, the defense has been healthy so far, which still boggles my mind. Just between last year and now going into this year, just how healthy this defense has been. Uh, Usually, they're the first guys to go down, whether it's from a block shot or, you know, a freak play in the corner. Usually, it's your defensemen that are going down. And and for whatever reason so far, you know, through last year and and now October this year, they've been able to stay healthy and I know, unfortunately, an adverse effect of that is, is Noah Dobson not getting into as many games as I think most of us would like. But we heard from Lou Lamarillo today that he has no plans on sending him down to juniors. So it looks like he's in, in in it for the long haul. And And I truly believe that they are waiting for that inevitable injury to happen because it's just it's you look at guys like johnny boychuk and again you look at any defense on any team in the nhl and usually you have one or two guys that just inevitably go down whether it's a freak injury or not it's just very hard to maintain a healthy top 6 d throughout the course of a season so i would have to think that that maybe that's their plan right now it's it hasn't gone according to plan so far i, I would have to imagine that they want to dobson into more games with you know 11 games through here and and it just so happens that not only has has the original top six been healthy, but they've been been performing. Adam Pellick has been great. He's you know Tony and I were singing his praises over the past couple of shows. The guy's been yeah. I didn't look at tonight, but he's more or less been leading the D in ice time for for, for most games in the season here. He's having a great year. And you look at what Letty did the other night, and you look at. What Boychuk has done, you know, old man Boychuk here, he's having a, a good start to the season. He's remained he's remained healthy, and he's also, you know, factoring in not only to the defense but also on the offensive side as well. And again, I'll key on the, the the great game that he had against the Blues on that uh, you know Columbus Day holiday. So, you know it's not always going to be perfect but there's so many positive things to take out of out of what this team has done so far and, and I feel like it's just going to continue and it's going to be another really fun season and and even better than that the majority of the games are going to be at the Coliseum you know and the funny thing about that is you know I planned on looking at the schedule ahead later on but we finally got some Barclays center games coming up so we'll talk about that so with all that out of the way, folks, and I appreciate you sticking with me, uh, you know, with uh, with Tony not being here, but let's dive a little bit into the games that happened, and we'll go back to Thursday night after that long break. Everybody was clamoring, waiting for some Islander games to come. They have this break, and maybe some of you are wondering, you know, how that was going to affect the team and, and what might happen. Maybe you, maybe you thought Thursday could be a letdown game with a team like Arizona coming in, and they have a better team. Obviously, they have Phil Kessel in there now, and they've been playing pretty well. You have... Darcy Kemper, who ended up starting that night, and he had some crazy stat where for the longest time he didn't let in—I think more than two goals—and obviously the Islanders took care of that on Thursday night. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if some of you thought, okay, Thursday's a little dicey. Maybe we got an L coming up, but the boys in blue and orange proved you wrong, and they got the win. So we'll talk about that. Broussard got the early goal off a nice shot pass from Pullock. And uh, you know, as, we, as Mike and I talked about, he switched to Wing. He's up in the top six now. He looks a little more involved. And uh, but not too long after that Grabner ends up. Michael Grabner, you guys remember him. He tied the game up on a breakaway. but uh, the Isles take the lead back, Bill. He got it on, uh, on his second, uh, sorry, in the second to make a two to one from Letty and Nelson. Lee opens it up three to one, eight minutes into the third. Then you got Garland from from Arizona. He scores a late one to make it interesting. But Scotty Mayfield scores the empty netter to seal it. That's another win for Varlamov. And I hope, once again, that all you guys that were getting on Varlamov's case in the first few games, clamoring for Robin Leonard, who, by the way, continues to be successful in Chicago. He got another win tonight. I think it was 5-1 against the Kings. So he's still looking good and who knows, maybe he's going to be able to continue his, his great, from le- great play from last year in Chicago. Now, a lot of us doubted that too, but look, uh, the more success for Robin Leonard, the better. So so great stuff for him. But but again, Varlamov, he gets another win, and that keeps the winning streak going. Then the boys fly up to Ottawa on Friday. Very weird game. Uh, I mean, to start, uh, as you all know, you know, Barry Trotz and Lou, I guess, decided, hey, look, you know, this is as good an t- opportunity as any to get Noah Dobson in, maybe playing against a a notably weak team in the Ottawa Centers. They say let's go eleven forward seven D. We'll get Noah in there when we can. And of course that plan flies completely off the rails. Uh, you know this has nothing to do with it, but Ennis opens up the game eight minutes in with the goal, one nothing. Again, another game where the Islanders give up that first goal, but you know what? Five minutes later, the Nick Letty show begins. Beautiful goal off the rush, and hopefully we see more of this this season because he he didn't have too many goals last year, but you, he's got the speed, he's got the skating. And, you know, just show a little confidence out there. He can go end-to-end end and, and pot a couple of goals. I know his, his role is a little bit reduced these days. He's, he's getting lesser minutes. But, you know, a little more offense from him would, would, would be really nice. So the the show continues. The Isles are on a power play. Letty gets hauled down on a breakaway. And he gets a penalty shot. And this is the first successful penalty shot from defenseman in Islander history I believe again another another little nugget stolen from Eric Hornick at the n y i skinny so that makes it two to one, maybe around five minutes in uh looks like uh you know he 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 five minutes later excuse me he's going to have himself a hat trick, but it ended up being tipped by Matt Martin to make it three to one so Nick Letty was almost the first Islander defenseman to have a natural hat trick It does not happen. And uh, then you have Derek Broussard. He scores his his second in two games about a minute later to make a 3-1. to one. So all of a sudden, everybody in Islander country is feeling real good. The Islanders clamp it down. Seven minutes into the third, Ennis gets himself another goal in the power play. But from there, the Islanders take care of business. You get yourself a 3-point night for Letty, 2-point night for Martin. Another one for Grice. And, you know, again, I talked about the, the 11 forward 7D plan kind of going south because, I mean, you look at what happened there. Obviously, Martin gets hurt. Kunockle gets hurt. Uh, freak accident for Matt Martin. The the center can't keep the, the boards locked for whatever reason, and, and he gets plowed into the, to the door that opens up. He hurts his leg, and now he's out four to six weeks. So, I mean, how else do you put it other than that sucks? It's just unfortunate. It's bad luck. Uh, as a result of that, it seems like Cal Clutterbuck ends up getting into a little tussle. He was yapping at the Ottawa bench, I believe, during a break. He gets into a fight, and I, I think he got what he got. A, he got a misconduct on top of the fight. So you, you got guys on the forward side of the bench just dropping left and right here. Then you get Casey Ezekis goaded by Brady Kachuk into a fight, uh, completely unnecessary. But not only that, I mean, the officiating in this game was just absolutely awful, and. And, you know, you talk about this play with Kachuk where he's he's basically just tugging on Sazikas, tugging on Sazikas, and he drops his gloves. He just starts throwing fists. And somehow, at the end of all that, there's no instigator penalty for Kachuk. It's it's even up. And I don't know. I don't know what the refs were thinking there, but just just an awful display by them. But you know what? doesn 't matter the Islanders fight through the adversity. they fight through the fact that they 're not getting calls and they end up putting up the win and you know not only that, but you look at you look at what happened. There was a play where there was a scuffle down low, and the Ottawa defensemen end up coming in you know some guys are throwing fists or, or bombing each other now now that play. The, the face off's supposed to come out of the zone. As soon as the defensemen come down and join below the circles for any kind of fisticuffs or scuffles that are going on. But for whatever reason, the, the face-off stays where it is. And just another blown call by the refs. and Just all around terrible, terrible game by the refs. But again, it doesn't matter. Um, Barry Trotz and his boys, they maintain and they win the game. And a nice little quote. You know, after the game from Barry Trotz, is they're going to have a long memory because he saw how the Ottawa Senators were keen on the fact that the Islanders had less forwards to begin with, so they were trying to goad them into some fights. So, definitely circle the next game against the Senators on your calendar because it looks like the Islanders are going to be looking for a little retribution. Hopefully, they don't get irresponsible as a result of that. But um, I got to say, I love the fire from Trotz. He's not shy. You know, that's something he could have kept to himself. He could have kept that within the locker room. But you know what? He went public. He's like, you know what? We saw what you guys did, and we're not gonna forget it, and we're gonna be back, and you guys better you guys better, you know, remember that because we're coming gonna be coming at you. So great stuff. And again, all this stuff doesn't matter. The Islanders get another two points. They bank their sixth win in a row in this early going of the season. And then of course that takes us to tonight. 5-3 win against the Philadelphia Flyers. This is the first taste of the Elaine Vigneault Philadelphia Flyers that we get to see as Islander fans. And I'll be honest with you guys, I thought this was going to be a a lower scoring affair, a tighter game. And I mean, geez, we saw right from the get-go in the first period, you get the exact opposite. You're talking goals left and right. And as I've alluded to already earlier uh, in the show here, just another game for whatever reason that the Islanders forfeit the first goal, and that comes by the way of Jakub Voracek. He he puts the Flyers up on nothing, but you know what. It did not take long for the Islanders to wake up after that. They they took the puck right into the flyer zone immediately, put on a lot of pressure, and they bounced back real quick. And just Lee ties it about two minutes later. And then Derek Brassard, number 10, again, the guy coming in to take over for Val Philpula. All of a sudden he has his third goal in as many games. Who saw that coming? And that was a beautiful passing play coming into the zone. He passes it back towards Brock Nelson just inside the blue line, and he snaps the pass right back to him, and Broussard just roofs it, rifles it past carry Hart, and all of a sudden you have a New York Islander 2-1 to lead. And then at 11.46, Ross the boss in front of the net, where he's supposed to be. Nobody near him gets a centering feed, and he makes it 3-1. to and things are looking real good, but unfortunately, before the first period ends, the Flyers end up making it 3-2 uh, with a goal by Travis Konechny. And you go into the second period feeling pretty good after being down one nothing early. It is 3-2 after that going into the second. And only four minutes into that second period, Ryan Pullock last week was talking about with uh, with Arthur Staple saying, hey, you know, this is a guy who hasn't really put up points. He only had an assist going into this week and now, you know, he gets a goal. Look. He's got that cannon. He's got to let it loose, and he did tonight. It got through, and it got past Hart. And you get another goal for the New York Islanders that put makes it four to two, and everybody once again is feeling real good. And then Matt Barzell, a guy who we've been keen on big time, and and why the hell wouldn't we be in the the top guy on this New York Islanders squad? He's shooting the puck more, which we all love, and he does it again tonight. Makes it five to two a minute and a half after the pullout can- cannon, and everybody's feeling great. Going into the third period, Isles, once again, they quiet things down, as they do, and they allow a late goal by Giroux to make it 5-3, to three, but it doesn't make a difference. The Isles hold on, and they get their seventh straight win. Again, I believe the first time since the 89-90 season. So going into November, everybody should be feeling pretty damn Good. So I guess before we we start to close, I mean we we keyed on a couple of guys Mike. We talked about Bardreau and you know we can talk about a couple other guys too. I mean Josh Bailey I've been calling him Mr. Consistency now over the last couple of years, and I think that remains. And he's the, the third-leading scorer. In fact, he's tied for the second-leading second, second leading scorer overall with Matt Barzell. Josh has four goals, five assists for nine points, and three power play points. Hard to argue with nine points in 11 games. Great stuff from Josh Bailey. He's been looking really good. He had a nice goal uh, the other night against Arizona, yeah, you know, right from the slot. Basically, one time's a, a blast you know into the net and, and and all things are good look this it's so funny the contrast now uh compared to the first week or so with this season when everybody was 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 getting ready to jump ship and now you know the team is maybe from not firing on all cylinders but they're firing on most of them and you know i touched on pellet before he's been munching a lot of minutes he's getting a lot of trust from barry trotz uh even though you know his uh his pair mate, Pollock, hasn't been putting up the points maybe we'd like to see so far into the season. That pair has been doing a really good job, essentially, as the as the first pair. Then you talk about Devon Taves and Scotty Mayfield. Uh, Taves, that that pairing has had uh, some struggles defensively so far, but obviously not enough where it's become a, a true detriment to the team. But I don't think they're they're at the level Yet that they were last season. So thankfully, the rest of the team has kind of been able to pick up the slack. By no means am I coming down on them or saying that they're 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 playing you know bad or terribly or anything like that. But I think that they're they're a pair of guys that can pick it up. I think that you know even 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 with Devontae's having eight points in eleven games, um, I, I just I just say more on the defensive end that uh, I think they've been struggling a little more this year than they had been uh, compared to last season. But not something to be concerned about. I think they're going to be fine. And and how nice is it to have Devontae's for the, for the first eleven games of the season? Because that's eight points you did not have last year. You know he's got two goals and six assists, so great stuff from him so far on the offensive end. And just to just to continue some names here, we talked a little bit about the goaltending with Mike when he was on. Look, let's let's see them do it again, right? We'll go game by game here, but. Again, we talk about that supposed regression to the mean that's supposed to happen for this team. And once again, you get another win from Varlamov, another two wins this week, and you get another win from Grice. He's been lights out. He's I mean, you want to talk about a guy who's really been picking off up from where he left off last season, Thomas Grice. I mean, he is right there. You're talking about a nine thirty-one save percentage, four wins, one loss in five games. I mean he's been leading the charge so far in the goaltending and and Varlamov is is just he's right behind him and and look give him that grace period right we've we've gotten through the first month of the season Varlamov also has four wins he's played one more game so he has four wins and two losses his numbers aren't as good as Grice but they're still still <laughs> totally totally solid Varlamov has a 2.53 goals against compared to Grice's 2.18 and Varlamov after tonight's game only because of... Uh, I would say percentage wise he surrendered a couple more goals than than you like to see on the on the amount of shots that he got. His save percentage went down a little bit. I think going in it was like a nine two two. He's at a nine eighteen right now and, and again Thomas Grice is at a nine three one. So both of those guys are, are looking pretty damn good from the get go and, and look hopefully it continues. So lots of good things. We already talked about Brock Tober, ten points in eleven games. He's doing great. And, you know, look, there's a lot of positives to take. So I think what we're going to do here is I'm just going to take a real, real quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to do the hero of the week. And then I'm going to wrap this thing up. So, folks, really appreciate you tuning in. I miss Tony. It sucks that he's not here. But um, appreciate you hanging with me, hanging with Mikey Carver. Remember, you can always tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have the hero of the week, and then we'll wrap this thing up. So thanks a lot, folks. Be right back.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York and HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, seven days a week at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? Comments? Interested in the sponsorship? Please contact us at HockeyNightNewYork at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. We appreciate all the support, and as always, let's go Islanders! Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit yesmenoutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting yesmenoutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code Hockey Night NY for 10% off your order. That's yesmenoutfitters.com. Welcome back to the program,
1: ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile when Tony actually shows up. Now, you should all know by now, when you hear this song, that means it is time for the Hero of the Week. So, without Tony being here, I'm going to take this solo. And by the way, I don't know if any, any of the rest of you guys noticed, but Tony and I completely Forgot to do a hero of the week last week. Uh, I don't know why we both we both had brain farts and it completely escaped us, and we forgot. So if you were waiting for that, we apologize. It didn't happen, but rest assured, did not forget about it tonight. So with that being said, since there is no Tony, I guess I'm going first and last tonight. So here's my hero of the week, folks, and I think there's a lot of worthy candidates and you can, you can chime in and let me know if, if you disagree, agree, or you want to give some honorable mentions out there. Now, and I guess I'll start with that. One guy I wanted to wanted to include in this conversation was Ross the Boss with the game that he had tonight. Now, look, we know his role, but again, he's getting in there. He's filling in for Matt Martin. You don't expect much. At, the, at most, you really just want him to get out there and not be a liability. Do his job. Stick up for the team. Be the tough guy when he has to be, which he has done in spades, but now you got him potting the odd goal, which is great, as Mike and I discussed before, so honorable mention to Ross the boss, honorable mention, look, honorable mention to Derek Broussard too, three goals in three games, and I was real close to giving him the hero of the week, but you know what, he's still, he's still, you know, he's, he's got some giveaways going on, he, he had one or two bad ones today. He's, he's had some brain farts. Now, I don't know if that's his game because, look, I didn't pay a lot of attention to him when he was with the Rangers and with Ottawa. I don't know if that's something that just kind of comes with the territory. You, you appreciate the offense and the other contributions when he brings them and you just have to put up with these turnovers, or maybe it's just something he's still working through. But he has he has had some notable turnovers since this season started. Hopefully that stops, but you've got to give credit where it's due. He came into the top six since this week started. He's playing on that wing, and he's got three goals in three games. You can't really ask for anything more than that. But you get those guys out of the way. You get Barzell out of the way. You get Lee out of the way. You get the goaltending out of the way. Again, so many candidates for the Hero of the Week. But the man I am going to go with is number two on defense, Nick Letty. And it's all because that game he had Friday against the Ottawa Senators. Look, it was the Nick Letty show. He was... You know, uh, a scrape of the Matt Martin body away from getting a hat trick. That would have been pretty wild stuff. And you know what? They should have just gave it to him anyway. Let's be honest here. But anyway, it it grazes off of Matt Martin and ends up becoming an assist. Nick Letty gets two goals, one assist in that game, a coast-to-coast goal, a penalty shot goal. What a fantastic game he had. And and that's who I got to give it to. So folks, for tonight, October 27, 2019, Nick Letty is your hero, of the week. Alright folks, so now with that out of the way, let's let's wrap this thing up here. We'll just look real quick at what's coming down the pike for next week and and wouldn't you know it folks, you get another lengthy break for the New York Islanders. So we're all gonna be going through withdrawal until Friday this time. We don't even get a Thursday game. I don't know what's going on with the scheduling. All I can say is is now that we know that we have yet another week where the games don't start until the weekend, is that that means the games are going to pile up later on in the season. We're probably going to see a very busy February, March, and perhaps April until you know we get to the playoffs. I mean, I haven't looked that far ahead yet, but you get this many days off in the early going, that usually means it piles up later on. But the good news is... They're stockpiling points now. So maybe, like this past week, the break will do the Islanders some good. Who knows? Maybe we'll get some good news at Jordan Eberle. Maybe he works himself back into the lineup. That would be good for all of us, even though they're winning without him. It's crazy, but it's happening. So, anyway, we get to Friday. The New York Islanders will open the week at home versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, the best regular season team last year, tons and tons of firepower. You got Kuch- Kucherov, you got Stamkos, you got Hedman, you got Korpisalo. Cor- I almost said Korpisalo. You know who plays goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but it ain't salo Anyway, lots of firepower there. Great, great team. And that's going to be another tough test. The Onlers have had a few. But certainly nothing like the three teams that they just played, you know, this past week. So Friday night at home against the Tampa Bay Lightning, that's going to be a tough game. And that's going to be the first of, of back-to-backs because they fly up to Buffalo for a game up there Saturday night. And how about the Buffalo Sabres here? And, you know, I guess, again, you can't really get ahead of yourself because of how early it is. And what we saw them do last year, what they had a 10-game winning streak streak last season and that ultimately amounted to nothing. They still ended up in the bottom of the league, but here they are 12 games into the season. The Buffalo Sabres are 9-2-1, 19 points. They're actually tied with the Caps right now for the lead in the Eastern Conference, which you know obviously we all saw coming. But look, they got a plus-12 goal differential. They're putting a lot of pucks in the net. They got Jack Eichel. They got Sam Reinhart. They got a lot of guys over there, a lot of young guys. They're playing very well. And, you know, I think a big difference now, and and look, especially being Islander fans, you know what a difference a coaching can make. You look at what Kruger's doing over there in Buffalo right now, and it's made a huge, huge difference. And, you know, they're 5-0 and at home. The, the – the, I almost said the Islanders. The Sabres have not lost a game in Buffalo. So what better time for them to do that on Friday than against the Islanders? Who knows who they play in between now and then. But they are perfect at home. So that's that's a tough back-to-back slate right there. We know how good the Islanders have been in back-to-backs under Barry Trotz, but... That's going to be a test. I don't know how often you see a back-to-back against a, uh, you know, two, um, you know, such successful teams. And and you know, I say successful. You look at Tampa, and they're a little mediocre right now at five, three, and two, and they're actually just outside the the playoff picture right now, which which clearly means nothing here at the end of October. But we know what they bring to the table. It Doesn't matter what their record is now because it's probably going to be a lot better later. So you have those two games, and after that you get a four-game homestand with a more normal schedule, which finally is going to include, I know you guys cannot wait for it, games at the Barclays Center. It's been long enough, hasn't it, folks? I know you guys have been clamoring to go into Brooklyn. You got three games coming up there. That starts next Tuesday against the Ottawa Centers. How how empty is that building going to be, folks? Tuesday night against the lowly Ottawa Center at the Barclay Center I mean they uh, grant folks they were giving tickets away to tonight's game now they announced a, a crowd of twelve thousand plus for tonight's game which apparently was the the most since opening night stole that nugget from Christian Arnold on Twitter but I will tell you this I believe they gave a pair of tickets away to all season ticket holders for tonight's game maybe not all but at least some that as I know that much at least. And I, I did see it flying around Twitter. I'm sure a lot of you guys did, too, that there were they were fans just trying to give tickets away leading up to this game. So I don't know what it is. Tony and I have already talked about it. I'm not looking to dive into it again. But for whatever reason, it has been a struggle getting fans out to see this team. And it, and it, and apparently it doesn't matter if it's at the Barclays Center or the Nassau Coliseum. All I'm going to say is I'm going to go back to what I did say when Tony and I did have a big discussion about this, and the team has just got to become a consistent winner. This is something that's going to take time. It's going to take years. And, you know, if if they continue winning like they do now, yeah, when we get towards the middle and the end of the season, yeah, more fans are going to come out. Maybe we'll see some more sellouts but for But for whatever reason, October, November, and probably into December... The attendance just isn't going to be there until this is a team that just steals headlines in in New York on a consistent basis, and they haven't done that in forever. So I know some of you guys get upset about the attendance. I've said it already. It doesn't really bother me, but it's, it's going to be pulling teeth for a while here. So Tuesday night in Barclays Center... It, I I expect it to be an absolute ghost town. I hope you guys show up. If you don't, that's fine too. You guys do what you want. But anyway, that begins the Barclays, the 13-game Barclays Center campaign for the New York Islanders. They follow that up next Thursday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's also at Barclays. And then third game in a row at the Barclays Center. That will be Saturday versus the Florida Panthers on the 9th. So there's a little look ahead at what's to come, but folks, I think that's going to be it for me. Uh, I'm surprised I lasted this long without Tony Stabil, but I do want to extend a huge, huge thanks to Mikey Carver for joining in and helping me out tonight. That was a, a huge help. So folks, a lot to feel good about heading into your work week here on Monday, tomorrow, seven wins in a row for New York Islanders, seventh heaven great great stuff once again i want to thank you guys for hanging out with me remember you can follow the show at hockey night ny on twitter you can follow tony stabile at tony stabile you can follow me at Shawnee hockey you can check out the show 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year at hockey night for all archives and all live shows Huge thanks to Mike Carver. Remember, we got the swag shop open. If you if you can't get enough Hockey Night in New York, we got T-shirts, hoodies, long-sleeve shirts, tons and tons of merch for sale. All you got to do is go to teepublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. Then you just search for Hockey Night in New York, and all the merch will be there. Thankfully, Tony and I will be back at our regularly scheduled time at 9 p.m. next Sunday to recap this forthcoming week and look ahead and talk all things Islanders. So, folks, again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Have yourselves a great rest of the week. Take care.